This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Betty Chen. Taiwan's Air Force says a KA-28 anti-submarine helicopter belonging to China has entered Taiwan's air defense identification zone for the first time. It was one of three People's Liberation Army aircraft to fly into the zone on Wednesday. Taiwan's military says it ordered them to leave and monitored their movements with air defense missiles. Louise Watt reports. Chinese military planes regularly take to the skies and enter Taiwan's air defense identification zone. On Wednesday, three more Chinese aircraft breached the southwest corner of Taiwan's ADIZ, with one of them flying at an unusually low altitude of 30 meters. Taiwan's Air Force identified it as a KA-28 anti-submarine helicopter and says it was the first time such a helicopter has entered the ADIZ. Two other Chinese helicopters were spotted in the zone on two occasions late last year. Beijing sending an increasing number of warplanes into Taiwan's ADIZ has heightened fears among countries like the United States and Japan that China could order an invasion of Taiwan, even if they consider it unlikely for now. Some military observers in Taiwan say the situation remains tense, but that China still won't have the capability to launch a comprehensive attack in the near future. In the meantime, Taiwan expects more incursions from China in a continuing pressure campaign in aid of Beijing's ultimate goal, taking control. Chris Ma and Louise Watt for Taiwan Plus. Taiwan's executive yuan or cabinet has proposed amendments to better protect the country's key technologies. The changes to the National Security Act seek to safeguard the economy against industrial espionage. If the amendments are passed, violators could face up to 12 years behind bars from the current 10 years. They would also be hit with fines of up to 3.5 million U.S. dollars. The proposals have bipartisan support and are expected to be approved by the legislative yen. The cabinet says existing trade secrets laws do not give enough protection. Taiwan recorded 14 domestic cases of COVID-19 and 54 imported ones. As COVID cases remain low in Taiwan and over 75% of the population fully vaccinated, more Taiwanese people are beginning to make plans to travel internationally. The government is looking to allow business travelers into Taiwan soon, but officials have yet to decide on the entry of foreign tourists. Bing Wang reports. Rolling up their sleeves for a booster shot. More than 75% of Taiwan's population is fully vaccinated, and nearly 32% have received a booster shot. Because of such numbers, Taiwan will allow the entry of business travelers, but opening up to foreign tourists is still on the table. Instead, the government is encouraging people to travel abroad while advising them to remain vigilant. Taiwan has been listed as a low-risk country by Japan, which is planning to let in international travelers beginning in March. This means Taiwanese tourists will only have to quarantine three days when they enter Japan. But Taiwan is hesitant about doing the same for Japanese visitors. Also in March, Taiwan is reducing its quarantine for arrivals from 14 days to 10 days, which is extra incentive for Taiwanese wishing to travel internationally. 
People here hope this is a step towards returning to their pre-pandemic lives. Klein Wong and Bing Wong for Taiwan Plus. Hong Kong is continuing to break records of new COVID-19 cases, logging over 10,000 infections on Wednesday. Health facilities across the city are overwhelmed with the government's insistence that all cases need to be hospitalized. Reinhold Kilpatrick reports on the ongoing outbreak and the dilemma the city faces as pressure mounts to return to zero COVID. Outside of crowded hospitals, COVID patients lie in the open air as temperatures dip to 10 degrees. Just weeks ago, these scenes would have been unimaginable in Hong Kong, one of the world's last zero COVID holdouts still standing. It had successfully kept the virus at bay for years using strict border controls, ambush lockdowns, and the universal isolation of cases. On Monday, over 10,000 cases were reported, doubling the number of people waiting to be hospitalized, overwhelming facilities. All positive cases, regardless of severity, are sent to hospital. The government says it will now appoint local clinics to handle the overflow. Public health experts in the city have cautioned that aggressive measures chasing a return to zero COVID are unrealistic. But there are still steps that should be taken to blunt the impact of the outbreak and relieve strained resources. I mean, some of the models that uh, that we've seen really are looking at scenarios in which, you know, upwards of 30, 50 percent of the Hong Kong population will become infected in the next two months. It's not realistic to be able to build a facility large enough to be able to house that. I think the number one priority still at this time is about getting vaccinations uh, in arms, um, both primary doses as well as boosters, um, especially to the most vulnerable segments of the population. This messaging, however, is a difficult needle to thread after years of priming the population to fear any number of infections. We have demonized COVID in some ways, right? We've made people feel that it's the worst possible thing that uh, anyone can have, and therefore you must be in the hospital. Um, But in reality, for the vast majority of people, and the vast majority of people in particular, people who have been vaccinated, um, it is a manageable illness that could probably be taken care of at home. Forced to choose between two extremes, China-style zero-COVID lockdowns, or what's been called a Western-style let-a-rip approach, dropping all restrictions. There are fears that political imperatives will prevent Hong Kong from charting a more suitable middle course. When the messaging has been so strong in one direction to say that that COVID's the the big enemy that we have to stop and and other places in the world have done a terrible job by by letting lots of people get it, it, it's difficult to change the momentum from that kind of messaging to say that actually COVID is, is mostly mild. Local media have reported that the government is considering multiple rounds of compulsory citywide testing with samples to be sent across the border to the southern Chinese city of Shenzhen. It's an indication of the authorities' unwillingness to veer from China's president's call this week to take all necessary measures to rein in numbers. As the fifth wave continues to wash over Hong Kong, there is little residents can do but hold their breaths and wait to see what measures will be imposed upon them next. Ryan Ho Kilpatrick for Taiwan Plus. Taiwan's TSMC has revealed plans to pay out massive employee bonuses after earning a record profit last year. The world's largest contract chip maker will pay an average of 44,000 U.S. dollars to its employees. There are 57,000 of them. It will also issue employees nearly 1.4 million new restricted shares in the company. To avoid diluting its value, TSMC is launching its first share buyback program since 2008 to repurchase an equal number of shares on the open market.
Taiwan plans to import more eggs from Australia, Japan, and the United States over the next six weeks to bridge a nationwide shortage. The government plans to source eggs from parts of Japan that are free of avian flu. The produce will be inspected before entering the country. Taiwan has seen an acute shortage of eggs since the end of January due to an avian flu outbreak, recent cold weather, and higher overheads for farmers. Other measures to increase the local supply include subsidies for egg farmers and waiving tariffs on grain imports to offset rising chicken feed prices. Ahead of International Mother Language Day later this month, Taiwan's government is looking to increase the number of children who can speak a local language other than Mandarin Chinese. This includes Taiwanese Hokkien, Hakka, and indigenous languages. Our partners at Radio Taiwan International have the story. Why should I study my mother tongue? Three schoolgirls ask their teacher. It's a pertinent question, and with International Mother Language Day coming up on February 21st, it's more relevant than ever. People in Taiwan speak a range of languages, including Mandarin, Taiwanese Hokkien and Hakka, along with Austronesian languages like Amis and Paiwan. But Mandarin's dominance is growing, with fewer and fewer young people able to speak their parents' other native tongues. That's why Taiwan's Education Ministry is using International Mother Language Day to promote Taiwan's minority languages. TV host Remy Gilles wowed attendees at the campaign's launch on February 11th by speaking Hakka, Taiwanese Hokkien, Amis and Bunun, as well as using Taiwan Sign Language. Education Minister Pan Wenzhong was also suitably impressed. As part of the campaign, 10 libraries and community arts centers will host more than 50 activities this month, ranging from board games to theatrical performances. With Gilles at the head, the government hopes it can kickstart people's interest in all of Taiwan's lingos. Thanks for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Betty Chen. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com.